listening to the Michael Anthony Bible Teaching Podcast. You can enjoy more messages like this and more with the free Courage Matters app, available in your app store. To invite Michael to speak to your group, visit CourageMatters.com and click on the Your Story tab. Hold on to your seat and open your heart as Mike teaches us from God's Word. What we need to remember on this final culminating day of the National Week of Repentance is what we really need to remember all the time, that as followers of Jesus Christ, we're in this together. We're in this together, that God has called us to be salt and light in an increasingly distasteful and dark world, and that the way that the world has changed, the way that our nation has changed, the way that our families are changed and our churches are changed is one surrendered life at a time. In a world where you can be anything, where I can be anything, be kind, be polite, be loving to people, be merciful to people, be a forgiving person. You know, there is no gospel without reconciliation. This thing that we call the gospel, the good news, the great news in God, there is no gospel. There is no great news if we extract from that message reconciliation, being reconciled to God. We love that. We love that story of being reconciled to God, that in Christ, God forgives us of all of our sins. But we often tend to forget that God calls us, see, somebody agrees with me, that's right. What we often tend to forget is that God calls us also to be reconciled to each other. By this will all people know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In fact, in Matthew 24, Jesus talks about the way the world will look, the situation of the world just before his return. And he says, because of the increase of wickedness in Matthew 24, verse 12, the love of most will grow cold. What a contrast that is in comparison to what God calls you, me, and each of us as followers of Jesus too. So you can make anything you want of your life. I can make anything I want of my life. You are in the process, I'm in the process of creating a legacy for yourself. You're creating a legacy for yourself. Someday, you're going to be known for something. In fact, right now, you already are known for something. The real question is whether or not what you're known for is of any eternal, lasting good in the eyes of Almighty God. In a world where you can be anything, you can be known for anything, what is it that you really need to be known for from God's perspective. I think it's love. By this will all people on the earth know that you're my disciples. And I think that's important for us to understand before we get into God's word here, it's important for us to understand that I think many of us in the body of Christ, unwittingly, we're trying to get other people to follow a Jesus that we're not following very closely ourselves. We don't mean that. I don't think anybody wakes up, I don't think any follower of Jesus wakes up in the morning and says, hey, today I'm going to say one thing and live another. Or today I'm going to be an unintentional hypocrite. I'm going to try to get other people to do what I'm not doing, to be who I'm not being. Nobody intentionally does that, but 
I'm afraid that in the United States of America, the biggest crisis that we have right now, I'm just trying to be honest because I've done a lot of soul searching myself. I interact with a lot of pastors myself, a lot of other churches myself. And if you're a pastor or a church leader, you know that it's true too. I think there needs to be a mighty movement of the Spirit of God in our nation, beginning in our churches. The change that needs to happen in the United States of America needs to begin not in the White House. It needs to begin in God's house, among God's people. And if, if we don't understand, if we don't understand how important that is, how in the world can we expect people who have not been forgiven, they do not have the Holy Spirit to understand what we don't even understand. You see, chances are that you need to go deeper with God than you already are going. Chances are you need to go deeper in your relationships with people who are close around you than you typically do. Now, you can't go deep with everybody, but you can go deeper with your family, with your parents, with your children, with your brothers, with your sisters, and eventually your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. See, that's, the, that's what the world is looking toward. The world is looking for the presence, the power, the glory of God here on earth because they know that they're missing it. And the way that the presence and the power and the glory of God is manifest is through your life and mine and the daily ins and outs of what you say to other people what you do to other people, how you interact, how I interact with other people. You may never, I may never have an opportunity to bring people into the walls of a church building, but the church was never intended to be limited to the confines of the walls of a church building. You're the church, and people are watching a church service go on every time they look at you, every time they look at me. See, we just tend to have forgotten that. And social media has done us all a great disservice in helping us become far less social, far less diplomatic, far less merciful, far less kind than we really need to be. We're living in a very fast-paced, me, myself, and I world, and it's causing many of us within the body of Christ, it's causing our love to grow cold. And if we don't understand the message of Jesus Christ, fat chance of trying to get other people who haven't yet given their life to Christ, the opportunity to understand what it's all about, because I'm not sure that we understand it. And so the National Week of Repentance is an opportunity for us not to say, God changed the nation. It's an opportunity for us to say, God changed me. And when you get serious about that, and when I get serious about that, and repentance is not the same as confession. Confession is simply the opportunity to start getting serious with God. And then it comes down to the rubber meeting the road where we don't continue to live the way we were living. And we ask God for the help that only he can provide. The change that needs to happen in the nation needs to happen most likely in the lives of every single Christ follower. Can you imagine what would happen in the United States of America if every church rediscovered the centrality of repentance, a surrendered life when it comes to following Jesus? the revival, the spiritual awakening that our nation desperately needs to experience would be underway. And it would all happen not because we're taking time to confess the sins of the nation as if we're not part of it. 
It would all happen because we would be saying, Lord, thank you for all the teaching that we've received in the Bible for so long. Thank you for the church that I'm part of. Thank you for what I know about Jesus. Now, Lord, it's time for me to go deeper in my life, being a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks behind him to see who's following is fit for service in the kingdom. And I think we've done that for far too long in the United States. Don't you think so? We've been waiting for other people to follow Jesus when Jesus says, how about you? How about if you live your life as if you're the only representation of Jesus Christ's followers left on the earth? You're the only representative of Jesus on the earth. Would your people at work know that? Would they know what a Christ follower looks like, how a Christ follower talks, how a Christ follower thinks, how a Christ follower lives? The idea of putting your hand to the plow and not looking behind you is stop waiting for somebody else to be that Christ follower. When that Christ follower is found in you, when you look in the mirror, it's the person staring back at you. Change in our nation needs to happen one surrendered life at a time. And in many instances, I think, without realizing it, we're trying to get people to follow a Jesus. This is the biggest sin I think we need to repent of in our nation. It's demonstrated in a heightened way on social media, but it's true whether you're on social media or not. Many of us are trying to get other people to be a Christ follower when we're not following Jesus as closely as we should, as we could. And I think we need to repent of that. Not just on the last day of the National Week of Repentance, I think we need to continue the work that God has begun in our lives this week and make sure that we're really following Jesus day in and day out and agreeing with him about the truth of our lives. That's where true change really happens. And I wanted to share something that somebody posted on the Facebook page for the National Week of Repentance, which we have since taken down so as not to embarrass this person. But I want you to listen very carefully because I think that this in a classic way, illustrates the fundamental problem in our nation with the body of Christ, with those who are supposed to be salt and light, the tip of the spear and the hope and change that needs to happen in the nation. See, our problems are spiritual, not political. They said this. They were commenting about the free guide the quick reference guide for fasting and prayer that we provided. And they said this, why can't leaders teach that fasting is going without food? Three question marks. Instead of teaching that fasting is going without watching television or computers, etc., because in this country, we're such big babies and the leaders are still catering to their flesh. I think you need to teach that fasting is abstaining from food for a period of time. This whole week of repentance is a big joke people aren't repenting if they can't even go without food for one day. Three exclamation points. The point of the quick reference guide for fasting and prayer is that whatever is capturing your attention more than Jesus, it's a good idea to give it up. There's even taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 where husbands and wives fast from physical intimacy for a time and dedicate themselves to prayer. We have many idols in our nation, things that are taking our attention and have distracted us from pure and sincere devotion to Jesus. Jesus said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. Better to enter the kingdom of God blind and maimed 
And we don't understand that in the body of Christ. He was talking to those who wanted to follow God when he gave that message. Whatever it is that's between you and Jesus, in the body of Christ, it's high time that we give it up. The same person went on to say this. Where's the leadership calling for Americans to repent from a lack of prayer, all capitalization, for killing babies? Three question marks. This whole repentance thing is a joke because not one time have you addressed people fornicating, living together before marriage, and killing babies. Two exclamation points. No, it's just all about how maybe they're hypocrites because they don't, quote unquote, love their neighbor every day. Something we really can't do without the Holy Spirit. True. But meanwhile, we grieve him every day by living in sin. But of course, no leaders talk about that now, do they? Get real, dude. And then when we went to the person's Facebook profile, right there blazoned across the top of their profile picture where you can put anything that you want to be known for there, it says, I love Jesus Christ. He is my Savior. I'm pretty sure that this person didn't wake up and say, I'm gonna post those kinds of things on Facebook and demonstrate my love for Jesus in that way. There's a disconnect within the body of Christ that we need to come clean on and we need to understand that there ain't no way we are going to see spiritual awakening in the United States of America. There is no way it's going to happen if we, God's people, those of us who profess to be followers of Jesus, aren't following him the way we want everybody else to follow him. The purpose of the National Week of Repentance is not to talk about the sin of the nation at a 50,000-foot level, at a nebulous level, as if sin is some difficult thing to grasp and understand, and everybody else has problems in their life, but me, I don't. I love Jesus while I rip down other believers. Whether or not you have a Facebook account or not, it's irrelevant. Jesus says this, Luke chapter six, verse 27, but I say to you who hear, those who listen in such a way that it gets down into your lifestyle, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons and daughters of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. I'm pretty confident from just observing my own life and the lives of others. We've just seen an example on social media. How in the world can we love those who hate us and persecute us if we don't even love those who we have something in common with? 
we tear each other down in the body of Christ. And we speak ill of each other while we put up things. I love Jesus. He's my savior. If you need a bumper sticker to tell somebody that you love Jesus, if you need to tell somebody on your social media site that you love Jesus, if people at your workplace would be shocked and amazed that you're a follower of Jesus or that you go to a church on Sunday, something's wrong. And this is the problem that we've been trying to address during this whole National Week of Repentance. The problem, brothers and sisters, is not out there. It's right in here. There will never be a genuine spiritual awakening, a movement of the Spirit of God or movements of the Spirit of God unless we understand repentance. Repentance. Jesus came on the scene saying, repent and keep repenting. The whole message of the gospel is you cannot come to me unless you deny yourself. That's not something you do just initially to get saved. You deny yourself initially and accept Christ as your savior. And in so doing so, you're accepting a lifestyle of denying yourself. And if repentance isn't central to denying yourself, then I don't know what is. Look what Jesus says. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. I'm not even sure that we really love each other the way we really should. And how is it that we expect God to bring change to our nation when God is saying, bring change to your life? You know, God would never tell us, listen carefully to this, and then we're gonna have an opportunity to confess our sins. You're gonna have an opportunity to confess your sins at home or in church, wherever you might be where you're watching. God would never tell us to do something that he did not give us the power to do and he did not hold us responsible to do. And so when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, you can love your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus says, forgive, or I won't forgive you, he means that you actually can forgive somebody. When Jesus says, when you go to present your gift at the altar and realize that your brother or your sister has something against you, or you have something against your brother and your sister, leave your gift at the altar. Your worship to God becomes irrelevant until you make that relationship right. That's where the heart of God is in reconciliation. You know, this idea of God wanting us to be reconciled to him, he also wants us to be reconciled to each other. Amen. He does. Romans chapter 13 says this, the apostle Paul, the recovering Pharisee, the one who knew the Old Testament inside and out, says this, in keeping with what we just read in Luke chapter six. Luke 13 verse eight, Owe nothing to anyone. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The very law that Jesus taught from, his playbook. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment, there were 613 of them in the Old Testament. There still are, 613. And any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. 
We're never more like Jesus than when we are loving our neighbor as ourself. And one of the things that we need to start with is loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's one of the reasons why the world doesn't believe that God loves us, that God loves the world, that God loves them. Because I'm afraid that we have forgotten the fundamental central calling of Almighty God in the life of every believer. Love. We must be characterized by genuine love. We don't have a prayer of loving the world. And you know what? We can act loving, but in our hearts not be very loving at all. That's not love. We don't have a chance of demonstrating love for the world if we have tremendous difficulty in loving each other, being kind to each other and forgiving each other and being merciful to each other. We struggle in our families. Can I get an amen for that? We struggle within the body of Christ. I tell you, we have God's word on it. If you and I would start getting serious about this love thing that is kind of important to Jesus, centrally important to Almighty God and the gospel, the spiritual awakening that our nation needs to experience will be underway. Not some distant time in the future, but right now. In fact, could it be that we are actually witnessing right now the beginning of the spiritual awakening, the fourth great awakening in the United States of America that needs to happen, that's needed to happen for years? I don't know, and you don't know either, but maybe someday we'll be looking back and saying, that was the day when I began to discover or rediscover the importance of repentance in my life. And I was part of that movement. I am part of that movement. You need to get serious about your wife. You need to get serious about your husband. You need to get serious about your children. You need to get serious about your parents. You need to get serious about your brothers and your sisters in your family. You need to get serious about your coworkers in the workplace and your neighbors. Because how can you love your neighbor like yourself if you don't know your neighbors? You need to get serious about loving the neighbors that you have within the body of Christ. Because that's the big deal. That's the thing that gets the attention of the world more than any other headline we might see on social media, real news, fake news, or anything in between. This is your day. To come clean with God, to go deeper with God than you've ever gone before. To be honest to God and to leave the consequences with him. And so here's what we're doing here and here's what I'm going to encourage you to do at home. We have index cards here where we can write down an area of our lives where God has spoken to us specifically. The Holy Spirit speaks with surgical precision. He speaks to us about an area or areas of our lives with specificity. He shows us what's wrong and he does that for the purpose of then telling us how to make it right. You write this down on a piece of paper, being honest to God, and then we're going to have an opportunity to come forward and to lay it symbolically here on the platform before the Lord, okay? If you're at home, you can do the same thing on a sheet of paper. Write it out 
What has God been saying to you all through this week? What kind of work has God been doing in your life during this National Week of Repentance where we've been participating with other people around the nation? What has he been saying to you? How have you been repenting? What is it that he's asking you to lay down before him? You can do it. It's time to do that. This move of God that needs to happen is not something that needs to happen out there. It begins with you and me, and it begins today. We waited for too long for somebody else to come along and be the change that God calls you and me to be. You've been listening to the Michael Anthony Bible Teaching Podcast. We'd love to hear how this message impacted you. To share your story, visit CourageMatters.com and click on the Your Story tab. If you enjoyed this message, you'll love Michael Anthony's Courage Matters podcast, where he focuses on leadership, relationships, and world events. To learn more, visit CourageMatters.com. In the meantime, keep looking up. There's no place else worth looking.